Welcome to Agronomy on the Go. This is Mindy from Knowledge Transfer. Today's guest is Michaela Brunig, a plant pathologist by training and a member of the plant health team here at Bayer. Michaela, if you wouldn't mind, could you give us a bit of your background and a peek into your world as a plant health development scientist? Yeah, so I've been on the plant health team here at Bayer about two years now. Um, and like you said, I'm a pathologist, so I study all things disease as related to um, field crops. I did my PhD in um, different molds that infected wheat. Um, and then I came to Bayer and I work mostly on the wheat pipeline, but also on corn, um, specifically when tar spot popped up. You know, it was kind of all hands on deck for our team. Um, and our team is full of scientists that work across um, crops in the breeding organization, and we're the ones running those um, disease trials. So we purposely are trying to get those plants sick so we can make sure we're making good breeding selections so we can usher resistant products through the pipeline, um, and then also providing data to people to make those commercial deployment decisions. So while the rest of the world is hoping to keep their plants healthy, you and other members of the plant health team are purposely infecting plants so that we can develop tolerant hybrids and varieties for the products that we bring to the commercial market? Yeah, exactly. Trying to see where that tolerance is um, and make sure we're, we're using it and increasing it in our, in our various pipelines. So in terms of your disease trials, what are some key factors that contribute to the decisions that your team is making regarding which disease trials you conduct each year? How do you decide which diseases warrant further study and how do you implement these trials in controlled environments as well as across the countryside in like the wild? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Because like you said, we're kind of working opposite of what most of the companies trying to do and really what growers are trying to do too. Um, and there's really uh, three key factors in any disease, and that's the plant, the pathogen, and the environment. The plant is what we're trying to test in this case. And the pathogen, um, we actually generally make inoculum. So we will purposely grow the pathogen in the lab in large amounts and put it out in the field, either on those plants or maybe as residue on the soil to make sure that that pathogen is there in that field. And then finally, environment. <laughs> that is the, the hardest piece for us um, as a team because we can't control too much about the environment. Um, irrigation is obviously really important, but uh, most of irrigation systems, you know, they're meant to, to feed the plant, not to feed a pathogen. So that's one of the major challenges our group faces because a lot of these pathogens, especially fungal pathogens, need a lot of moisture, need that water to really grow and be severe. Um, so figuring out irrigation to make things sick is tricky because usually we need like a fine mist to really raise humidity. Um, and there's not really systems built for that because we're kind of the only people or pathologists are the only people trying to do that out in the field. But we're trying, <laughs> we're trying hard because now more than ever, you know, those, those disease traits are super important in our portfolios. Um, as far as how we pick which diseases we're testing, we really rely heavily on people who are in the field and more customer connected to bring us that feedback. Um, and then, you know, there's also various data sources um, as a company that uh, we're, you know, looking into that customer insights type data. We have a risk assessment team. Um, so we have a diagnostic lab that's um, 
soliciting samples. Anyone in the company can send them in. So that way we kind of have our pulse on what's going on. If there's, you know, suddenly we're seeing more of a certain pathogen in a region or less, or we're seeing a different species of a pathogen, maybe um, that risk assessment team really has um, got their, their ear to the ground in that respect. When you talk about raising these disease pathogens in the lab, what measures are we taking to ensure we are keeping up with strains that develop naturally, and how do we incorporate those into our controlled environment trials? Yeah, that is actually a great question. Um, and that's something we're kind of looking at now, like what should our overall strategy be for that? Because we don't want to be testing with the strain that we've been had in storage for 10 years and maybe isn't representative anymore. Um, so that's where that risk assessment group comes in again. And people like me who are going out to the field, um, collecting disease samples, bringing them back so that we can have them around if we need to do, you know, a special project, we might need a new pathogen or whatever. So as I'm going out to my wheat trials this year, I'm always coming back to the lab with some baggies of samples um, to try to save for later in case we need new strains. Um, and then the diagnostic lab too is another way that we're kind of uh, collecting strains to keep up to date um, on what's out there. One of the other things that you mentioned that I'd like to dig into a little bit more is the diagnostic lab and how folks can send samples into this team. Yeah, that's a great question. So we have a diagnostic lab um, and they do a training every spring on how to send in samples, how to remain compliant, because of course, if we're shipping a pathogen, <laughs> we wanna make sure that it's double bagged before we send it anywhere. And for more information on sending these samples into the diagnostic lab, the, the training you just mentioned, Michaela, is recorded by Randy Hagen's knowledge transfer team and can be found on Seismic by searching diagnostic sample submission or by simply reaching out to your local TA and they'll be able to assist you. Michaela, we've talked about these disease trials that we have and the data that is generated as a result of these trials. How do we go about utilizing the information gained from these trials? Kind of that first step after a trial is uh, the scientists going through that data, making sure it's severe enough, but not too severe. <laughs> so um, we want to make sure, you know, we're seeing a spread between products. If we maybe did too good of a job and it got too sick, you know, that's not really as informative. So we QC the data, make sure it's informative and useful. Um, and then we kind of begin that process, flagging things that are really good, really bad, and ultimately, you know, going through that data in those advancement and deployment sessions for those commercial products. Um, plant health data also flows into, you know, the early stages of the breeding pipeline. So it kind of is used two ways. One, to make decisions on, you know, that entry, if it should move on from the pre-commercial one stage to the pre-commercial two stage, um, and so on and so forth. But then now more than ever, this data is also feeding models to help us make decisions on products that we may, might not be able to test yet. Um, so maybe it's a product that, you know, just came out of the breeding crossing block um, and we don't have enough seed to put it in pathology testing or we don't have enough plots, but um, we can use prediction models to predict based on, on that genome how disease resistant um, or susceptible it might be. Um, so, you know, now more than ever, every data point we we generate is helping us make a current decision, but also helping fuel a future decision, which is, which is pretty cool. 
Well, speaking of those data points in the future, Michaela, how does your team connect with our breeding organization? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we are part of North America Breeding. We're kind of unique in that right now we do get to work across the entire breeding pipeline. Um, a lot of other you know positions in the company are split up by stage, uh, but we're lucky that we kind of get to work across the pipeline. So we're we're really partnering along the whole um, pipeline there. You know, the breeders, they have a specific pipeline they're responsible for, um, whereas we're responsible for these particular traits across the pipeline. So it makes it a really fun job to kind of follow, um, follow these traits and follow these products from, you know, beginning to end. Michaela, thank you for joining us for Agronomy On The Go. For everyone on the road, Please keep safety top of mind. It's very important that you make it back to those that love you each night. With that, we hope that you tune in for future sessions of Agronomy on the Go.